And just like that, the Detroit Tigers are back to 30 games under 500 after a loss yesterday to the Seattle Mariners. Um, not, I mean, really a same old story, different day type of situation. Tigers did make a couple of roster moves, though. We will talk about those and how those will impact the team for the remainder of the season all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers. Your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, September 1st, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you so you never have to go to a dealership ever again. So next time you need to buy a car, just grab your phone, go to Vroom.com, and check out thousands of great cars. All right. Tigers drop Wednesday's game. Had to remember what day of the week it was. Wednesday night's game to the Seattle Mariners by a score of five to three. Um, look, man, like this is just a situation of this offense is is not good. Big surprise. And if you have a lead and you do blow it, it's over. It's that's just all there is to it. That that's how this team operates. The bullpen's been really solid. Um, now they've been really solid, but we're 30 games under 500, right? So we're, they, they've been really solid all season, uh, or a majority of the season, I guess we'll say, however, not exactly holding, I guess you'd say a a lot of, uh, a lot of leads in in the season, but I mean, for the most part, this bullpen has been really solid with or without a lead. It just happens to be mostly without, um, this was not that this was a pretty pitiful bullpen performance. And that's something we haven't said too terribly often this season, but it was really bad. And Tyler Alexander started this game. I thought Tyler Alexander was fine. I guess we'll start with him. We're already talking about him, right? Four and two thirds, four hits, two earned runs, one walk and four K's had 80 pitches, before the fifth inning. So uh, kind of understand the decision to pull him there, uh, go a little bit matchup ball. And, and for whatever it's worth, I, I thought the bullpen really struggled, but Jason Foley, who was first out of the bullpen, did not struggle. The Jason Foley looked fantastic. Uh, he threw the off speed a lot more than we're used to. He is tends to just be sinker, and that's pretty much it. You might see one other pitch in an outing two at most that's not a sinker but that sinker is so effective that's really all he throws and in this one he had 14 pitches six of the 14 were not a sinker four were the slider and two were the changeup. uh I, I thought he looked really solid and then we'll get to the rest of the bullpen later we'll get to the other three uh later but let, let's let's start with tyler alexander because that's what i said i was going to do and then i got sidetracked two seconds later I thought Tyler Alexander was pretty solid. I, I I think he got absolutely hosed on the first batter of the game. Hosed. Julio Rodriguez 
the Tigers kept him in, in check pretty much all game, did not have a very effective game, um, but he, he should have had another strikeout and he shouldn't have had a walk. That was a, a Tyler Alexander put a slider very close to n- not middle middle, but middle low. And it was very clearly a strike and it was a horrific call. I know everybody's clamoring for, uh, you know, robo umps and whatnot. And, and I have, I, I've gotten a lot of heat because I was a catcher my entire life and I, and I love framing and I love the art of catching. I, I think it's, uh, one of the most underrated and important parts of the game of baseball. And so I've been against robo umps, but I I'm against nine inning robo umps. I'm what I'm not against is the challenge system that some of the low level of the minors and independent leagues are testing out. I love that. Give me that. I'm all for it. It doesn't completely eliminate uh, the the strategy of the of the catcher and and the art of catching. However, it still allows egregious calls to be. There was a clip that went viral just like last week. You can go look it up on Twitter or or just anywhere online probably um, uh, about how it works. And it's pretty simple. Like uh, there was the the clip that went around was there was a pitcher that that threw. Uh, I think it was a fastball, but whatever. Regardless, threw a pitch. And it was pretty clearly in the strike zone. Blue called it a ball. He, um, The pitcher just raised his hand once he got the ball thrown back to him. The umpire said time. It took like 10 seconds at most. It was not some huge replay review like you see on like tags and like plays in the field and stuff that could take, you know, two, three minutes. This one took like 10 seconds. They literally just stopped. The umpire turned, looked up into the press box, and, and then 10 seconds later, they the thing over the PA system said pitch challenged pitch reversed strike and then like they just went on with the outing and then the pitcher just got back reset himself and, and got back into it and and they continued the at bat it wasn't even a third strike call I think it was the first or the second strike of the at bat so he just got back into the stretch and and just kept pitching and and I'm I'm all for that I'm fine with that I I I think that that's a very happy medium you know what I mean and and I think that that's something that uh, pretty much everybody can, can kind of get behind. So long story short, I know I just kind of went on a tangent there, but, um, that, that pitch was, was blatantly a strike in, in every universe, in every league, in, in every year in the history of baseball, that is a strike that, that is a blatant strike. And he calls it a ball and then he walks Julio and then there's a two run Homer that's hit. And, um, of course, it's by Eugenio Suarez, which is a whole different conversation. But, um, you know, Suarez doesn't even come up to bat if if that first strikeout is, is ruled a strikeout. So you're talking about potentially a different start to this game. But I'm not going to get hung up over the outcomes of games when we're 30 games under 500 either. So uh, it, it is what it is. Really unfortunate call. I, I thought besides that, you know, he did a lot of what Tyler Alexander did last year in this outing, which was the ability to miss barrels is there. And he also has the ability to nibble a little too much. And uh, when he's just pitching to contact and that's just it, and he's going and he has that that barrel missing stuff on point, he can pitch into the, you know, sixth, seventh inning we've seen this year. But uh, at the same time, there, there are – 
some instances. He did a lot last season. He's, he's gotten a lot better at it this year um, where he will nibble too much and it becomes wildly inefficient, even though not a lot of damage is being done. And that that's kind of what this was, you know, almost 80 pitches didn't even go five innings, but only gave up two runs, not the worst outing in the world, not the greatest outing in the world. Uh, four strikeouts in, in less than five innings is pretty high for him uh, considering his season numbers with, with strikeouts and what we usually see out of him, but only five whiffs pretty on brand. I thought the cutter w- was, was really good today. And I thought the off speed stuff is kind of where he was getting, uh, where, where he was seeing damage. That changeup especially for, for Tyler Alexander was just not an effective pitch, uh, just getting absolutely crushed pretty much every single time it was hit. So, um, but, but the cutter, which is usually his most thrown pitch, was effective, and then the four-seam tunnel with the cutter is always a mildly successful barrel-missing sequence that he can do. I thought it was a fine outing, and it's certainly not the reason that we lost this game. Um but we'll get into why we, we lost this game, which is a, a, a nice combination of historically bad offense and uh, bullpen implosion. But first, I got to tell you guys about driving sober. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction time slows way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high. Get a DUI. All right, everybody. Welcome back here, segment two of Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. All right, let's get into the offense or bullpen. Uh, I, let's just go bullpen. We're already talking about the pitching. We got all that up. Let's let's just go pen. So, uh, Jason Foley, we kind of talked about at the beginning. He, I thought he was great. I thought his command was honestly some of the best we've seen it. And I, I think that that is why we he got a little more comfortable throwing the off speed because he was like, wow, I'm hitting every spot. Let's see if I can throw the slider for strikes too. And, you know, it, it, it kind of worked out for him. But that's not what anybody wants to hear about. That's not what anybody cares about because, honestly, like <laughs> – in, in in these kind of games, pitchers that did well don't really matter because uh, the pitchers that didn't do well are the reason, one of the bigger reasons we lost this game. Alex Lang uh, was brutal. He was not good. And there was an interesting part of the sequencing, not the sequencing, there was an interesting, I don't know the wording, thing that happened in, in this game where the first curveball, we talk about his curveball all the time. It's one of the most whiffed on pitches in all of baseball. When he's throwing it even relatively close to where he wants it to, it's a wildly effective pitch. This game, he th- the first curveball he threw out of the pen, I'm pretty sure it was either the first or the second, was spiked into the dirt. Okay, so early on, and, and he's been doing that a lot lately. He's been spiking the curveball right into the dirt like almost in front of home plate, like just cannot elevate it or even make it a a relatively competitive pitch to where people are going to swing and swing and miss or or swing through it. So that was early. Then he, I think 
what my eyes saw was a way over adjustment where he went from, okay, the first one or two got buried into the dirt. Now I need to, I need to lift this pitch up. And then he just started hanging it like crazy. And it was pummeled all over the yard. The average exit velocity on his curveball in this outing was a hundred miles an hour. It got hit three times for 96, 100, and 105. Got smoked because it was it was hung. The home run was way hung. The uh the 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 other the the liner, right? The other pitch, the the other hard hit ball, all three of them were. I just said that, but one of the other ones uh was also right at like top of the kneecaps to a lefty. You can't do that. You can't hang a breaking ball there, brother. And, and so then after it got crushed a few times, then it magically went back to getting bounced in front of home plate. That's probably an exaggeration, but bounced so low that it wasn't even really offered by And he still had three whiffs on it because it's Alex Lang. But in the nine pitches, it went from bounced way early to hung like three times to then getting bounced way early again. And I think he just couldn't hit the spot he wanted to hit. He was desperately trying to find the exact, that perfect location where you get it, you know, a few inches below the strike zone, you get everybody to swing through it and whatnot. And he just couldn't find it. And he, he was, it resulted in him throwing the ball all over the place. So his ERA is up to four, three, eight now, which is, very high considering how low his ERA was the entire first half of the season. I thought he should have been our all-star. I still think he should have been our all-star. If Looking at first half numbers, I still think he should have been our all-star. But since the all-star break, he's been really struggling mightily. And I don't think that's a secret anymore. So now we're in a situation where the bullpen, which has been one of the only bright spots for this team all year, is now the two highest leverage relievers in this bullpen. You have your three highest. You traded one of them away. And now the other two that are left can't throw strikes because it was followed by Gregory Soto, who walked three batters in an inning. The fact that he only gave a one run is is, is a small miracle. And it's so frustrating with him because and I guess the same sentiment goes for Lang too he just hasn't been doing it for you know two three years uh like like Soto has but and that's not to say Soto hasn't gotten better than like kind of a roller coaster this year where it's gotten better at times and worse at times this, uh, you know growth and progression in players isn't linear but the thing with Greg is is when he threw the ball in the strike zone, it was unhittable. <laughs> like if he just if he just threw it in the that's that's it. It doesn't even have to be like paint. It's an a hundred mile an hour sinker. It's not gonna get barreled. It's it it doesn't get barreled. It didn't get barreled. Like it it <laughs> it's just <laughs> Yeah, you you can't. It's 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 so frustrating. Like it, it's such an effective ground ball pitch. He can get swings and misses with it, but he he has no clue where it's going. 
And then he'd go back to the four-seam fastball, and that's just a straight 100. And if you can square that thing up, you can take that for a ride. And then the slider, you know, once a week has good command. But for, for the remainder of, of the outings, no clue where that pitch is going either. It, it's just it's unbelievably frustrating. And this game uh, was certainly not <laughs> – what a great example of how the season has gone. Honestly, not, I guess. Maybe maybe I'm wrong there because the bullpen, like I said, has been decent. And then it's just it's it's it always has to be something. One of our our million starters this season puts together a halfway decent outing that keeps you in a game. Our offense actually at one point gives us a lead in the middle of the game and then the bullpen blows it. It's just, it's, it's so inconsistent all the time. And Joe Jimenez pitched in this game too. And and I thought Joe Jimenez was, was solid. The thing, and it's not alarming, I guess, but the velocity for his fastball was way down. And yet it's also all he threw. Joe Jimenez all season has been a four seam fastball slider pitcher. That's what it's been all year. He's been tunneling the two pitches, right? Been doing the the, the four-seam outside and then the slider low and outside, and people think it's the four-seam and swing through it and look ridiculous. Like, that's been his thing all year. And then he'll give you heat up and in, and, and you'll be late on it because you just saw slider low and away. Like, that, that, that's been the strategy. And in this game, he threw 12 pitches. 11 of them were four-seam fastballs. So, I, I don't – I'm not – you know, freaking out or alarmed by it, but it's definitely, and it worked. So like, whatever, but it, I mean, definitely a, a weird outing nonetheless for him sandwiched in between two pitchers that literally could not throw strikes to save their lives. And then when they did throw strikes, they were like meatballs. It's just when it rains, it pours. All right, let's get into uh, the offense. And then we will also get into some of the roster moves. Um, where do we want to start with the offense? I Like Eric Haas had a pretty good game. I guess we'll start there. And maybe we end there for the positives. Riley Green had a hit and a walk. Uh, I, I thought all of his at-bats were great until he was in a 3-0 count in the ninth inning. <laughs> right? Like... All of his at-bats were fantastic up until that point. And then he was up 3-0 in the ninth. And you were like, wow, he's continuing to stay hot. This is another really good at-bat. And then he swung through two pitches right down the middle for strikes two and three and and worked his way from a, a, a 3-0 count to, to a strikeout on six pitches. So... Besides the last two pitches he saw in the game, Riley Green looked great, but we're going to have to iron that out so we're not giving, you know, ifs and ors to, to good performances. I just want somebody to have a good performance. Eric Haas did that. I thought he looked really solid. Uh, Jamer Candelario, for sure, like, was, was a, obviously had two RBIs, but, uh, you know, I, I, I really don't want to come on here and be like, well, he was good. But even though he was good, like, look, he still wasn't really because they were kind of like bad, bippy, bloop hits. But, like, we'll take any offense we can get. So I, I don't really care. Um, 
yeah, we'll we'll get into the rest of the offense. We'll we'll kind of break that down, and then we'll get into the roster moves because we need to do that. Those are that's easily the biggest news within the organization at the moment. So we will do that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. Third and final segment here of Locked On Tigers. Tigers dropped this one five to three. We're going over the offense here. Uh, Kerry Carpenter, I thought, looked really solid as well. Uh, I know that, you know, one for three in the score. I th- he got hit by a pitch too, right? So got on base twice. I, I just, I continue to be impressed by his ABs. And and there's some stuff he needs to work on for sure. Uh, he, he also has a tendency to be really late on fastballs inside. Uh, but he followed up in one of the at-bats. He had a fastball that was thrown inside to him. He was late on it, fouled it off. And then the following pitch, he, the pitcher went outside to try to get him uh, kind of off balance. And and he really went with it. And I thought he handled himself really well there. So he knows what's up. Like he's got the the makeup. He's got the IQ. He, he's figuring out the the sequencing and such. And, and I thought I, I've thought that all of his at-bats really since – he got his first hit to be honest with you have been significantly better than, you know, the first week after he got called up. It's just a matter of, of, you know, timing and and getting that down. But I I continue to be pretty impressed by him and I continue to want him to start every single game, the remainder of the season. Uh, Javi really bad at bat to end the game there. One for five Victor Reyes, one for four with a walk. I, I mean, like, Harold Ofer, but smoked a ball. Yeah, Eugenio Suarez had two balls that were smoked to third to end innings that would have scored runs uh, that he got a glove on. You know, I it, it's <laughs> I I don't even like playing the Mariners. And back when he was on the Reds, I don't even like playing the Reds because I I just continually reminded every time I see him of and not that he became some like MVP superstar. I, I don't want to be one of those like you know, Tigers fans is just going to sit up here and complain about literally every move we've ever made. But um, it's it's really hard to not watch that kid play and go like he only has like a 780, 790 OPS this year. I say only that would lead the Tigers by almost 100 points, which is my point. Like that would that would he, he would be our two hitter every night. Right. Like it, it's just every time we play him, I'm just like Alfredo Simone. Big pasta. Wow. What a deal. Um, Okay. I I think that's really it for the offense. Like this team at one point in the game, I think it was the seventh inning is when they got their first hit off a fastball. And the broadcast was like, this might surprise you, but the Tigers were 0 for 13 or whatever. 0 for like 17 on fastballs before that hit. That shouldn't surprise anyone. That should be the least surprising thing, honestly, of the entire game. That that was that was surprising is the last word I would use to describe that statistic actually, and again that's why Marco Gonzalez who w- was all over the place he had very little command to speak of, still goes six innings three earned runs only one strikeout one walk, like it, his command was all over the place he he wasn't getting swings and he had seven whiffs in six innings. The CSW percentage was 22. Like it was not a good outing, but he threw 51% of his pitches were four seam fastballs that, that 
averaged 89 miles an hour. So it didn't matter. The average exit velocity on the four seam was 88. And the average exit velocity for the outing for Marco Gonzalez was 86. He was missing barrels, but not because he was incredible. It's because this offense cannot hit a straight fastball down the middle to save their lives and their professional baseball players. That's why. Oh, golly. Um, what else? Oh, also uh, Swanson for the Mariners has like literally one of the lowest DRAs in Major, I think maybe after this outing went to the lowest ERA in Major League Baseball. Maybe it's just the American League. He's having a phenomenal season is the point I'm trying to make. So uh, that that's another just like fun to see good talent. What Like that's half of the enjoyment of watching this team at this point. It's just like, oh, like there's some cool players on the other team. We get to watch them play now. Like it's it's so sad. Anyway, on a brighter, well, potentially brighter news. Um, Tigers this weekend will call up slash activate. They will add three players to their roster. Now, September call-ups, how they work now, it used to be the entire 40-man would come up, right? And that's how it was for, for my whole life. And it was September call-ups, you know, the roster would expand by 15 players and you just get a dugout full of dudes for September. So that's no longer the case, but it still goes from 26 to 28, where it used to go from 25 to 40. So you do get two extra roster spots. They're going to bring back three because they are also bringing back Michael Pineda. Big Mike will return. Um, need some innings out of some starters. Uh, they, they've been on a four-man rotation for a little bit now, and they've been able to pull it off because of all the off days we've had in the last two weeks. But for the last month of the season – we have to, and especially with how this bullpen is already unraveling now, we, we need somebody to eat innings and take some pressure off of those guys. So Pineda will come back for the remainder of the season. And then uh, the other two, the, the big call-ups are Spencer Torkelson returning to the major leagues and Ryan Kreidler making his major league debut. Uh, Hinge said he will be available off the bench on Thursday and he will start on Friday. So there you go. Ryan Kreidler is officially a Detroit Tiger. Spencer Torkelson, I'd imagine, will get a majority of the work at first base the remainder of the season. Uh, I guess we'll start with Torque. Um, Hinch continues to say that he's been impressed by, by what the adjustments he's been making and what's been going on down there in Toledo. Got off to a slow start in Toledo and really was not that surprising considering how poor he, he was hitting at the major league level before that. Uh, but in the month of August in AAA, he had an on-base percentage that got pretty close to 400 at one point. I think it ended at like 387, 388 for the month of August. So uh, definitely getting on base a lot more. Uh, some some extra base hits in there. He had a few walk-offs in the month of August alone as well, just always seemed to be up with the game on the line and came through more times than not. So uh, batting average, which, again, at the beginning when he first got sent down, was very low all the way back, I think, to just above 250. So um, four homers, I want to say, in the month, but quite a few doubles mixed in there too. He, he The last, like, two and a half weeks, he, he objectively has been – looked way better and has been hitting the ball way better 
than the first, say, two and a half weeks that he was down there. So good to see that, uh, you know, some improvement was made. That being said, uh, um, we've had way too many instances over the last two years, three years that minor league success does not automatically mean major league success. Everybody loves to be the call them up guy. Uh, until you know three weeks in they're they're oh well, they were hitting 400 in triple a what happened scott Coolball must have ruined them no major league hitting is just really hard the jump from triple a to the majors is the biggest jump in any level and there's a lot of levels so it, it's just it's different and uh and that wasn't me defending scott Coolball, by the way please fire him uh within 24 hours of the season ending but it's uh, it, it's it, it's hard. So until he does it at the major league level, nobody's going to care about how much better he's looked in Toledo and whatnot. People just want to see results at the major league level for the former 1-1 pick out of Arizona State. So I'd imagine he's going to get a lot of at-bats there. I, I mean, I, I want him to. I, I, you call them up. He, he, again, took strides in the minors. Nothing really else to prove down there. I want him to start every game the rest of the season. What's the point not? Like you've already, he's already taken enough ABs this year where you're not, you can't play the, oh, well, you might kill his confidence again. At some point, you're just going to have to hit. We can't like baby you forever. And, and you already, you know what I mean? You, you can't play that game forever. So I'm, I'm all about it. I, I think he should be the, I think he should just start. We have a month left. Just send him out there every day. Uh, and then Ryan Kreidler is the other Call up Ryan Kreidler. Oh, man. Uh, so last season had a phenomenal year to the point where uh, there were some, there was like a small subgroup of Tigers, of the Tigers community and of Tigers Twitter as well that was like, hey, don't even sign a shortstop. Just throw Kreidler out there. Now, um, we can, until we're blue in the face, talk about what would have been the right move at shortstop this season. I'm not sure uh, the one, the path we chose has really worked out for this specific season. Um, But Ryan Kreidler has also not been that great in the minors and certainly has not been as good as last year. He broke his hand in spring training. I want to say it was either spring training or like really, really early on in the year um, this season and missed significant time due to that. And then when he came back, he was like, he would start for a couple of days and then take like three days off because his hand was sore and it was just like this weird thing and never really got into a groove. And, and, and now he's at a point where he's not hitting terribly. He's not a liability at the plate, but uh, you know, he's certainly not like last season, every day it was like, Oh my goodness, cry their homer again. He's gotten a thousand OPS or whatever in July. Like we gotta, we're, we gotta seriously look at this kid, maybe second baseman of the future. If we sign, you know, a shortstop this off season, like that was the conversation last year. And those conversations have certainly taken a nosedive this season, but um, regardless it is a, is a young kid that is now ranked relatively high in the Tigers organization. And over the last two seasons has given us quite a lot to, uh, to, to, be excited about and and uh hopefully see something in so regardless of where you stood on the debate last season it does not matter now he is here and he will start on friday uh, i think they're going to give him some serious looks at second as well as 
third, especially with the way Candelario has played this season. Uh, and I mean, the way scope's been hitting and uh, with, you know, scope with the injury and everything like the, you might as well just, I'm, I'm down with this. I'm, I'm very in support of these moves. I, I think we, we have nothing to lose. Just give some people some opportunities and, and start giving some people for some auditions for next season. So yeah. I'm, I'm all with it. So there you go. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Now for your next listen, check out the Ultimate Pro Football Review Preview, sorry, 2022, an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Lockdown Podcast Network plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Lockdown Bets all combining into one Ultimate NFL Preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app. YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, just like us. Um, I think that's it. I didn't think my last two shows were very good. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought they were pretty lousy. Um, and I apologize for that. I, yeah, I thought today's, I, I think today's show went well. I, I, I think that this was a solid one, but I did not like the last two days I haven't really, and I don't know if it's just like the team weighing on me because I'm, I'm watching this team bash their head against the wall every night or because I was sick I feel a lot better now so maybe that was just it I don't know what it was but I really didn't like the the quality that I was putting out the last couple of days so I'm hoping this is better I apologize for the uh the drop off there this week but hopefully we're back on track now hopefully you think so that's really all that matters and yeah I think that's all I got I want to give the the best quality I can every day that's all so peace and love Going to therapy's dope. And yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully with some fun news. I say that every day. I'm just, give me something. Go Tigers, baby.